Good morning. Merry Christmas. Don't forget your coffee. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is coming soon. I hope you guys are excited. I know in our family, Christmas is coming even sooner than we think because even though my kids are really good at math, they somehow have some sort of magic math when it comes to counting the days to Christmas. Um, Christmas doesn't count, and today doesn't count because we've already woken up. And so according to them, there's only two days of Christmas, till, two days till Christmas, so, which is pretty exciting. So my name is Eric, and my family and I have been in Beijing now for 12 years, and I still remember moving to China and what that was like. I still remember before I moved to China, living in America, my wife JJ and I were newly married. Um, I was getting excited to come to China, and I was trying to prepare for what that would look like. So I read a lot of books about China. I went out and I bought maps. This is, this is kind of pre-internet. Like I said, it was 12 years ago. And so I bought these maps of China, and I wanted to look at what it would look like, and maybe where would we be living in China. And uh, I bought a copy of the Lonely Planet travel guide so that we could know what are the cool things to see in China. Uh, I even went out and bought or rented uh, the VHS tape of The Last Emperor. And yes, I said VHS. I remember this was 13 years ago. And, but no matter what I did, I never could truly experience China until I got on the plane and I came here. And so for me... I'm so glad I did that because I would have missed so much. You know, I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Nothing can quite compare, quite, nothing can quite compare, sorry, nothing can quite prepare, not compare, prepare you for the love that the Chinese people have. The friends that I've met along the way, the interactions I've had with fruit vendors and taxi drivers, it's amazing. You know, you can see the Great Wall in picture books, but it doesn't explain the majesty of standing on the Great Wall yourself and seeing the beauty and the, just the, the amazement that somebody created this. You can read about all the foods and how tasty they'll be and how all the warnings that you need to bring a lot of antacids and things like that to prepare you for, for the spice but, but nothing you can do can prepare you for the smells of China, both the good smells and, and the bad smells. And, you know, and nothing, nothing I did before I came to China could prepare me for driving a car in China. That, for sure, is an experience. So to truly experience China, I needed to come to China. You know, last week I shared uh, at the candlelight service about how I came to know Christ before I trusted Christ, I read books about, about God, just like I read books about China. I talked to friends who had been to China to tell me about China, but that didn't help me experience China. I talked to friends of mine that were Christians that knew God, but that didn't help me become a Christian. I mean, it helped, but it didn't make me a Christian. You know, I even watched movies about Jesus. But it wasn't until I took that step of faith to ask Christ into my life, that I started to truly experience him. And so today, that's what we wanted to talk about, is what does it mean to experience God? Last Sunday at the candlelight service, I started a three-part series. We started by looking at what does it mean to seek the Savior? And, and so last week, we talked about the wise men. 
and how they do that, how they seek after the Lord. So today we're going to talk about Mary and how she experienced the Savior. And then next week we're going to talk about the shepherds and what does it mean to proclaim the Savior. So today, as we look at Mary, we want to look at how does she experience God, but even more in our context, how can we experience God? And what does that mean? So let's look at Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Later it goes on to say, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So today I wanted to highlight three things that I see that Mary did. I think these three things will be very applicable to our lives and how we experience him. The first thing is, is that, that Mary trusts. The second thing is, is that Mary obeys. And the third thing is, is that Mary watches. So let's look at Mary trusts. So basically, God sends an angel to Mary, tells Mary this crazy idea that goes against everything Mary understands about biology, about the world as she knows it. And, and, Mary's, and, and the angel says, this is going to happen to you, Mary. And Mary trusts God. Her response is, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Could you imagine being Mary and God coming to you and saying you're going to be pregnant? I mean, I, her first response is, how can this be? I mean, if God came to me and said, Eric, you are going to now be 12 feet, 12 feet tall, I'd be like, what? That doesn't make sense. That's not what I've learned. That's not how I understand things. But Mary trusted God. Despite her circumstances, she trusted God. Let's look at some of the circumstances for Mary. Mary's young. Most scholars believe she was probably in her early teens. So this isn't a person that has matured in her her faith, 
It's not somebody that's, that's been able to, I don't know, read all of the Torah and all the different things. This is a young girl. She's unmarried, and she's pregnant. She's poor. And back in those days, women didn't have a lot of the, the same things that they do now. And, and, and with that came a lot of, how am I going to convince people that this really happened? Nobody's going to believe me. I'm a woman. And so despite her circumstances, Mary trusts. And to me, that, that is huge. It reminds me of when Peter walked on water. Peter was in a boat with all the disciples, and he sees Jesus walking on the water. And then Jesus calls to Peter and says, Peter, come. And so what does Peter do? He gets out of the boat, and he starts walking to Jesus. But then what happens? The wind starts blowing. The waves start coming up. Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and puts his eyes on, him, on his circumstances. He puts his eyes on the wind. He puts his eyes on the waves. And then he starts to sink. I'll be honest, that's easy for me to do. It's easy for me to put my eyes on my circumstances, to look at my bank account or my finances or my relationships with other people or how I'm doing at my job or sometimes even more importantly, how my boss thinks I'm doing at my job. It's easy for me to look at my circumstances instead of looking to God. So what about you? What grabs your attention? What makes you take your eyes off of Jesus and put it on something else? What makes you feel like you're drowning as you're slowly sinking like Peter did? I'm sure Mary was scared. I would be too. But in the midst of it, she's able to trust. You know, if you follow uh, football in America, you probably, I'm sure, have heard of the guy Tim Tebow. I have to admit I'm a Tim Tebow fan, even though he doesn't play football anymore. But I heard him say this quote several times, and it's always stuck with me. I'm sure he's quoting somebody else. I don't know who he was quoting, so I'm quoting Tim Tebow. But what he would say is, I don't, want, I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. And I love that. It's, it doesn't matter about our circumstances. It doesn't matter about our future. All that matters is God is in control, and we can trust him. So not only does Mary trust God, but but she moves forth in obedience. Sometimes obeying God means sacrifice. If, if, If God's calling us to something that we're not sure of, then we wouldn't naturally be doing it on our own, so therefore we have to sacrifice a part of ourselves. You know, for Mary, obeying God meant public ridicule. It meant shame. It meant, will my fiance leave me he had a legal right to divorce mary would he do that and and even if he didn't do that best case scenario is they're starting their marriage in a very difficult situation i mean marriage is hard enough in a, an adjustment but imagine adjusting to marriage right away with a baby and so obeying god for mary was very difficult but you know obeying god often means welcoming difficulty and trial into our lives. But what it also means is welcoming the presence of God into our lives. And to me, that's very important. It reminds me of the psalm, the famous psalm, Psalm 23, where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for for you alone are with me. So even though Mary was called into a valley, 
called into a difficult situation, she knew that God was the one calling her to that. And so therefore, she had the comfort of knowing that God was with her. So I don't know what God might be calling you guys to today, but I want you to know as you trust him and as you obey him, you'll be able to experience more of who he is. So not only does Mary trust and Mary obey, but she also watches. And it said, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I love that. Treasured up all these things. To me, it shows the the immense value and worth of the things that she has. And not only is she thinking about them, but, but she's doing it in a very reverent way. I'll be honest, pondering them in her heart, this is just my translation, but I think you could translate that in, Mary had no idea what was going on. But she thought about it. And because there was uncertainty, that's okay, because she obeyed and she trusted. And she knew She didn't know what her future held, but she knew who who holds her future. So, what prevents us from seeing God's hand at work? One of the things I love about Mary is she's she's easy, not easy, she's able to recognize easily the hand of God. So why can't I? What are some things that we do that, that make that difficult? Well, I think the number one thing for me is I often like to take credit for things that God's doing. People tell me that I gave a great talk, or I see somebody trust Christ as I share my faith, or, I don't know, different things that I'm doing, and yeah, it's easy for me to, whether I'm doing something well at work, it's easy for me to pat myself on the back and take credit for it, even though, as I think about it, if I really did treasure it in my heart and ponder it, it would be easy for me to see the hand of God at work. The other thing is I give credit to other people. I think when, when God chooses to move in the Bible, he usually chooses to move through people. But often I look at the people and not at the hand of God moving through them. And so it's hard for me to sometimes see God's presence. The other thing is, is I, I think in my mind, I know I don't believe it, but I think I can say, wow, I, I got lucky there. And I blame it on luck or it's easy for me to say, boy, I was just fortunate for that. Instead of thinking, boy, I was blessed. God really blessed me through that. So, you know, even as I was this week, as I've been preparing for this talk, you know, it's been, I've been more in tune with what the Lord's doing. And it's been helpful for me to, to see his hand at work. And so... As I'm meeting with, I don't know, maybe having coffee with somebody and I share something that really blesses them, it's easy for me, it was easy for me to recognize, you know, that thought that was put into my heart or that thought that was put into my head, I think God really spoke to me in order to encourage this brother or, or encourage this person. I really like the verse Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 5, says, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not, be, not believe if told. And to me, that even though this verse was given to a specific group of people back in the Old Testament, I think it's still true today. If we are to look at the nations 
and what God's doing in China, what God's doing all over the world, but what God's doing in our own hearts, I think we would be astounded to see his hand at work. And so I think Mary was able to experience God by trusting, obeying, and watching. And so what I wanted to do now is I have a special guest coming up to, to, to talk with us. Um, and I really feel like out of all the people I know in my life, she's somebody that I've seen trust God, obey God, and, and watch God. That's my wife, JJ. So why don't we bring her up on stage? She's going to share a little bit. Of... Here, you sit here. There you go. You can't say I don't put you on a pedestal. So do you need me to... I really liked how Tom Lauder would always give yeah. people the Vulcan death grip as he's talking to them. So, okay. So this is my wife, JJ. Um, JJ, I would like for you to maybe start by sharing. We've seen how, here at Capitol even, but other places, how your ability to do sign language has really blessed people. Um, and it's just been an encouragement to kind of sit front and row and, and watch God use you in those ways. Um, but the story that JJ has for how she learned sign language is, is just really encouraging to me. And I really think you can see how she was able to, to trust God, to obey God, and to watch God in the midst of that. So why don't you share with us the story on how God, uh, I don't know, gave you the idea to study sign language. Um. <clears throat> This happened actually before I met Eric when I was working in the States and I was on a business trip and I was, it was about a seven hour drive and I'm from a really little town uh, in America and at this point in the trip I was in Chicago and so there was about seven or eight lanes of traffic just going one way and I, I, I mean I literally just thought if I make it to the other side of the city it will be like an act of God. And I got to the point where I turned off the radio because I was, I, are you ever like that in the car? You're just so stressed that you're like, I need complete silence. So I was driving and, um, that, you know, it's just, it's this kind of interstate where there's semis all over. It's, it, uh, it's just a really stressful city if you're from a small town like me. So I was in the car, and I had turned off the radio, and I was just silently driving along, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, J.J., you watch too much TV. And because I was really, you know, I'm thinking, now? Now you're going to, I just want to get through this city. And, and so I just said, well, Lord, what am I supposed to do? It's really quiet. It's lonely at, at home. And, but, you know, the minute I said that, I thought, he waited for this moment because I'd say something stupid like that, <laughs> and he's going to have this answer. And, of course, he did. And he said, well, you've always wanted to learn sign language. And, and I was like, yep, okay, that was that. So uh, I got through the city uh, two weeks later after my work, <clears throat> my work trip was over. I came, I came home, and I went down the street to the little library that was there, and they had one book on sign language. So I checked it out. And I just started teaching myself sign language from this book. And, uh, I, and then actually that was in April. And then that fall when I uh, started meeting with students again because I worked on a college campus at the time, um, one of the women that I met with and I was talking to, somehow it came out that I had started learning sign language. And she said, oh, there's a deaf student on my floor. 
you should come meet him and, uh, and talk to him. And so I went and I met uh, Dwight, and, and then that was really the first deaf person that I, that I signed with and talked and interacted with. So then for the next four years, actually, you went on and you were Dwight's interpreter for Bible studies and conferences and different things that you went to. And um, So I, I, I love that story because you can really see that she trusted God, and then she stuck, took a step of obedience uh, to follow him in that. Uh, why don't you explain a little bit about how you can watch and see how God's used this since then? Um, maybe even share a little bit about Dwight. Yeah, so I met Dwight that day, and actually, to be honest, even right now, I, I don't know if he was a Christian or a believer at that time, uh, or maybe he was somewhere in between, but he, uh, the girl that I had known had invited him to a Bible study, and so he said, Would, do you mind interpreting Bible study for me? I kind of laughed, because I was like, you know, I know like 70 words from the beginning of beginners, you know, how to sign or whatever, but I, I said, yeah, and it seemed like well, maybe, you know, maybe this is something that God would do this uh, right after I started uh, learning. So I would go to Bible study, and I would interpret Bible study for Dwight. And um, then as I got better, I would go to conferences, Christian conferences with him, and I would interpret. And uh, I just, that was one of the biggest ways that I grew in my sign language was just working with him. And if he didn't know a word and couldn't teach me, then I went and looked it up. And um, so actually... Dwight's uh, senior year, I remember I was at a big conference, I was down in front and I was signing for him, and he stopped me. Um, and at that time, there were about 25, 30 college students on the stage, and they were all standing on stage because they had said, I'm going to give a year of my life to serve God anywhere, he says. And, and Dwight, you know, got my attention, he patted me, and he said, J.J., I'm, that's me. Next year, I'm going to stand on that stage, and I'm going to go somewhere. And so uh, in this meantime, Eric and I had married, and we were planning to come to China, but I interpreted through his senior year, and after his senior year, Dwight went to Kyrgyzstan, and he actually worked with deaf students for a year, deaf orphans in Kyrgyzstan, and he met his wife in Kyrgyzstan, who was deaf, and they got married. Um, and it was one of those, I thought God just didn't want me to watch television. But the more, you know, it went and went, the more I just thought, how often is God doing this for me? It was, it was almost like a gift to me to watch how God was preparing things for Dwight, even preparing him to go to ministry to meet his wife, and that, you know, he'd do anything. He'd even wait till this crazy woman is totally stressed out in the interstate and vulnerable so she could get in there and say, you've always wanted to learn, you know, sign language uh, to just prepare the way for Dwight. And I just, I watch it and I think about it and I think, how many times does God do that for me? And I don't even know what he's done to prepare that thing for me to walk into. Um, so it's really been, it's really been a blessing and like a, a remembrance for me. Um, and then uh, it's really been a blessing to sign for Irene. Uh, I would never have thought I would have a friend from South Africa, you know, um, that I had met in China. And, uh, and then even actually when our children were really young, I wanted to teach them the attributes of God. And so I taught them 35 attributes of God when they were all about five or younger. And I taught them using sign language. 
And that was really, it was really a blessing to me, and I think it's, it's really been a powerful thing in my kids' life, too. Uh, and because it was sign language, they were able to understand it even so young, even just as preschoolers. So, yeah. okay. so I, I think maybe some people might be sitting out in the audience going, okay, so God told her to learn sign language. That sounds kind of strange. So, so talk to me about that. Was it an audible voice? Was it? Um, yeah, actually, okay, when I used to read the Bible, you know, and it was like, and an angel came to Mary, or, and God said to Moses, I kind of thought it was like, Moses is walking along, and then all of a sudden it was like, Moses, you know, and he's like, yes, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's God, or whatever. And so for years, when I read the Bible, that's kind of what I thought it, I thought that's what it's like when God talks to people, and he's never talked to me. You know, he'll never talk to me like that. And, um, but in my own story of how I came to know the Lord, actually, uh, there was a gentleman who the Lord spoke to, and he came and spoke to me, and it was exactly what I needed to hear at the exact moment I needed to hear it. And so uh, after a few years of, of knowing the Lord and walking with him, I just thought, you know, I want to... I want to be that person if I could. I want to be able to bless somebody else the way that that man blessed me. And, but I was terrified to try because I thought, if I'm trying to listen for God, and then, I do, and then I think I heard God, but it wasn't really God, and then I go do it, I'll make God look bad. <laughs> and I remember one day uh, just saying, no, actually, I'll just look bad. I'll look really stupid. <laughs> and then I thought, am I willing to look stupid? Am I willing to just try to hear God and maybe look stupid, but maybe I could hear him better. Maybe I could get better at it. And um, so I just started trying. You know, I would just pray and I would ask God. And, um, yeah, and so by the time I was on the road and the Lord said that to me, I knew it was very clear to me that that was God. And that's how he often spoke to me, and that's what he was saying. But, um I, re- I actually really love in Mary's story that after the angel comes and talks to her, she goes to Elizabeth, you know, because I think Mary was like, it wasn't like, Mary, this is God, and she just knew. I think she was still like, was that God? Am I crazy? Am I pregnant? You know, I don't know. But then she thought, well, the angel told me that, that Elizabeth is pregnant, so she got up and went because she thought, if my incredibly old aunt, who's been barren her whole life, is pregnant, then I think that was really God. And I do feel like in the beginning, God, he would often do that. When he would, uh, as I would get better at it, he would kind of also give me something that I could sort of confirm it with. Uh, and that would, that would, then I would go, I, okay, no, and, and just like he said, this has happened, so... I'm, you know, I went from 25% sure to 85% sure, and I'll just try, and I don't know, if I look stupid, I'll, you know, I'll say, well, it wasn't God, it was me, I didn't, uh, I didn't hear it correctly, and um, so that was kind of part of it, but I also know, like, well, go ahead. So it's really just God giving you an impression on your heart, it's not an audible voice, it's, and as you step out in faith, as you trust and obey, he's confirming that, that calling you know, we all experience God in different ways, and, and recently I've been thinking about, well, how do I do that? And, and one of the things that I've realized is that I have a high, I took this test called the Berkman, it's a personal assessment test, and um, one of the top scores I had was musical. And I remember my friend Ben uh, 
going through with that with me, and he's like, so what instrument do you play? And I was like, I don't really play an instrument, and I play guitar a little bit, but not very well. And uh, so he said, but I think you have something musical about you. And so what I did is I went out and I bought an MP3 player, and as I ride the subway or as I ride my bike, uh, as I run on, on the treadmill, I, I listen to praise and worship. And so for me, one of the ways in which I experience God is through music. Actually, coming here to church, uh, listening to worship is, is, is a huge experience for me of experiencing God. I also think another way that I experience God is through nature. And so city, whether it's on the beaches in Thailand or in the mountains uh, here in Yangshuo or other places, to me, I really experience God's presence in, around nature. So are there anything, is there anything like that for you when, that you experience God? Mm-hmm. Um. I actually like to just go completely away and be alone and to just be still and quiet. Um, I, I, I'm not like the monk. I don't like to like, I don't know, I don't want like the cement cell, you know, or anything. I like to be in beautiful places. I'm an art major, uh, but I really like quiet. And sometimes when my kids were young, it, I would just, Eric would come home for lunch and he would let me have a 10 minute walk. And three minutes into it, I would, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, I can, I've reconnected with God again. And, I, you know, I would come back into the mayhem. Um, but, yeah, and I think God often speaks to me, just, like, just to me quietly. And I think God can speak to every believer like that. But I also know, too, Eric, um, God often directs him and leads him as to what to do and how to obey and it's through wise counsel of men around him. And he will go to five men, and all five men will say the exact same thing. And I, in my same situation, I'll go to five women or to Eric and four women and ask them. And every one of them will get me a different answer. <laughs> and then way over here, answer F, God will say, learn sign language. <laughs> and it, doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. But it that it's often kind of how he talks to me, but I know that not everybody is the same, and I have learned to come to trust the way that God talks to Eric, and that it's very different from the way he talks to me, and even people around me, that he talks to them in very different ways and different methods. Um, yeah. yeah, we're all different, and there's all different ways in which we experience God, and so I just want to encourage you, as you trust him, as you obey him, Watch and see, and he'll reveal those ways in which you're able to experience him. So let me, uh, let me close this in prayer. But as I do that, I want to take maybe a minute or two of just silence. And really, as you, as you think about, as we're praying, think about, is he calling me to trust him in a certain area right now? Is he calling me to obey him in a certain area right now? Is he flashing billboards and wanting me to watch how his hand is working in a certain area right now. So let's just go ahead and take a minute or two to pray. Lord, thank you for um, just how you move in my life, in JJ's life, in the lives of the people here. Thank you that uh, you didn't just create the world and sit back and watch it, but you uh, are a personal God, a God that we can approach your throne with confidence. Father, thank you that you... um, desire to have a a relationship with us, that it's personal. And Father, thank you that as we trust you, as we obey you, as we watch you, we can truly experience you.
So, Father, right now, I pray that you would just speak to the hearts of people here, other areas, whether it's uh, family or finances or job, other areas that they need to trust you in. And, Lord, as we trust you, are there areas, are things coming forward in, in people's hearts? Are there ways in which they need to obey you right now? Father, I pray that you would just help us to, to be like Mary, to treasure things in our hearts, to ponder things, help us to, to hear, hear your clear voice. Sometimes it's a shout, sometimes it's a still small voice. Father, I pray that you would just give us ears to hear. Father, I thank you that, that you can connect with us, that we can experience you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So, oh, one, one quick thing. My wife wanted to share this book that was... Why don't you just really quickly share it? Well, actually, Eric said um, he might... That he, depending on how he might ask me, if someone's out there and they really want to experience God and grow in that area, like, what would you recommend... And it's funny because I was like, oh, there's this workbook. And guess what it's called? Experiencing God. <laughs> so I was laughing. I was like, oh. But uh, I actually went through this when I was in college. And I just think it's one of the best things out there for if you really want to grow in experiencing God. And I know that they have it in English and in Chinese. So if Chinese is your native language, you, I know you can get it. The author is Henry Blackaby. Oh, yes. And I also remember in college, this book was very impacting on my own spiritual journey as well. So, so if, you're, if you're out there today and you're thinking, boy, I, I do truly want to experience him, but I don't know where to start, I think we talk a lot about God, but we don't often talk to God. And so I would say start with talking to God about it. Um, there also are resources, whether it's just a Bible study plan to get you into the Word or things like, like this book by Henry Blackaby that could do that. So thank you.